Hey there, tennis fans. I'm James Watterson, and I've got your Tennis Now Tennis News for Friday the 19th of August. The men and women are in Cincinnati this week for the Western and Southern Open, and like last week, we've seen some surprises. We'll start off with Marty Fish, America's top-ranked player. Uh, he earned his first win against Rafael Nadal today when he beat him 6-3, 6-4. Although not technically an upset because of how close the rankings are, it was a shocking win for Fish because he hadn't beaten Nadal in any of their six previous matches. Fish has been on a hot streak though. Uh, he won in Atlanta, he made the finals in Los Angeles and at the Rogers Cup, and now the semifinals in Cincinnati. That gives him a record of 14-2 since he lost two heartbreakers in the Davis Cup quarterfinal against Spain. He'll play Andy Murray next. He actually has a 4-3 record against the world number 4, and he's won their last three matches. On the women's side, world number 1 Caroline Wozniacki lost in her opening match for the second week in a row. Last week she lost to Roberta Vinci at the Rogers Cup, and on Wednesday she was defeated by 78th ranked American teenager Christine McHale, 6-4-7-5. It's been a rough month for Wozniacki, especially compared to last year. In 2010 she beat three top 20 players to win the Rogers Cup, and she reached the third round in Cincinnati. Her next tournament is in New Haven, where she'll hope to get at least some time on court before the US Open. Speaking of Wozniacki, she is getting a new coach. According to a Danish newspaper, Peter Wozniacki, Caroline's father, is stepping back and a new coach will be brought in. The Wozniacki's discussed Caroline getting a new coach after she lost to Dominika Sibylkova in the fourth round of Wimbledon. Peter told the newspaper, quote, We've heard from morning to night how Caroline should play, so now she tries something else. It is intended that she should be a very aggressive player. But as you can see, she cannot win matches right now because she does not know how she should play. But whatever, I'm Caroline's father and I will always support her. Since the new coach hasn't been hired yet, Peter has traveled with his daughter to Toronto and Cincinnati. And we have a small update on the Robert Kendrick story. His attorney told Tennis Now that the Court of Arbitration for Sport will make a decision on whether or not they're going to shorten his suspension by Monday at 6 p.m. Kendrick was suspended last month after he tested positive for the stimulant methylhexaneamine. He said the substance got into his system when he took Zija XM3, a weight management supplement, to combat jet lag. He said he wasn't trying to enhance his performance, and although the ITF agreed with him, they still suspended him for 12 months because, they said, an athlete should know what he or she puts into their system. Kendrick's suspension began on May 22nd, the day the test sample was taken. So if his suspension is shortened to three months, which is what they're trying to do, he'll be able to play in what would be his final US Open before he retires. We'll have an update on the story as soon as information becomes available. Now for more on what's going on in the lives of the players, including a little bit of controversy, we go to Lauren Lynch. Thank you, James. Today we are going to give you some super juicy gossip via the reports of ESPN by writers Paul Levine and Alec Patani. It seems that statistical analysis of the US Open draws call into question the true randomness of the draw pulling and setting up a new study called Outside the Lines Analysis. They show that over the past 10 years, the top two seeds of the men's and women's draw at the US Open face significantly easier opponents than is statistically possible if the opponents are actually picked at random. Interestingly, this skewed pattern that doesn't match the stats was not founded in any other Grand Slam events for the men or women's draws like at Wimbledon, the Australian Open, or the French Open men's draw. The only exception was the French Open women's draw that actually pulled harder players for them to play. How that worked out, we don't know. USTA Pro Circuit Director Brian Early stands by the draw selecting process at the US Open, but is worried about what the study shows as far as randomness is portrayed. 
During the study, the researchers compared 1,000 random simulations of 10 years of major draws producing 10,000 random draws in total. American Statistical Association Chairman Dr. Andrew Swift looked over the testing and found it all to be viable and the methodology done to be correct. The study showed that only three of the simulations, 1,000 remember, produced easy first round opponents like those the top seeds have faced in the past 10 years in actuality. None of the 1,000 tests did come close to the extreme results of the outcomes of the past 10 years for the easiness of the top two's opponents. Dr. Swift commented that the evidence shows that the results of the past 10 years have not represented a randomized draws whatsoever. In 2004, the lowest ranked player who received a wild card was Scoville Jenkins, who was put with the second seed and defending champion Andy Roddick at the time in the first round. He said he couldn't believe how unlucky he was to get such a fate. But is there really any luck to it? He had a 2.08% chance of actually facing a top two seed, and that low of chance, he, he was actually picked for it. Then ironically, in 2007, as the lowest seed, he again faced first seed Roger Federer. He told ESPN that he says he could believe that the pullers of the draw could actually be favoring the top players to give them a more desirable player to actually play in the first round. He thinks something is going on and says the chance of it happening on both the men's and women's sides of the draws is all too freaky. He was inspired by the outside the lines analysis and did a little study of his own that found only four times in the million simulations he came up with, with an average ranking equal to or easier than what has happened in the past 10 years. To the USTA's defense, Early said that the draw is computerized in a small ceremony room in which the chief of Grand Slams and USTA representatives are there. They said that nothing happens at the US Open draw that happens differently for any of the other slams. Managing Director of Communications for the USTA, Chris Widmeyer, says that he thinks that they do get a randomized automated draw and that it is possible to get the results they have had over the past 10 years. The possibility is always there. They doubt that there is anything wrong with the software they use or that there's any programmers skewing the, the results. There's all the evidence laid before you, so yikes, what do you guys think? I would highly encourage you to log on to ESPN.com for yourselves and read the article and findings. There's a lot more interesting information added in there and thoughts by other players. And you can actually email the investigative reporter, Paula Levine, and ask her questions for yourself. Make sure to log on and tell us what you find. Moving on, be sure to log on to TennisNow.com on the homepage for a hilarious head mock commercial done by head player Novak Djokovic mimicking Maria Sharapova. He puts on a blonde wig, kind of puts on a funny voice, great to watch. Also, I have the new Rafa biography in my hands. Stay tuned for the review and to get a copy. Tennis Now may be giving out some for you to win. Back to you, James. Thanks for the report, Lauren. And that'll do it from us. Make sure to follow the rest of the tournament on our website. You can keep up with the matches on our live scores page, and you can find all the top stories from the world of tennis at www.tennisnow.com. As always, thanks for watching and have a great weekend.